welcome to a Distance Hiker bonus special episode. This is an important episode that is away from the regular schedule that I have of hosting on Sundays fortnightly. And the reason for that is because I wanted to share with you an important issue which I feel as outdoorsy people impacts you or has the potential in the future to impact you. If you are on social media or follow Facebook groups, then you may have seen recently that there is a campaign around Save Dartmoor circulating. Now, I wanted to talk about that today, but I'm not the best person to talk about it because, first of all, I have not been to Dartmoor. Secondly, my understanding of the the bylaws and the laws and the legalities around access is sketchy at best. So it's not a subject that I feel I would be able to talk about with a great deal of authority, but also the enthusiasm that's needed to share the current threat to Dartmoor National Park in regards to a legal challenge to the right to access and camp on a particular bit of land within the National Park. I can't emphasise enough how important this court case is that's coming up on the 12th in regards to two landowners or a landowner, two people who are taking the National Park Authority to court. And I excuse if, excuse me if my um, terminology is wrong here. Um, and I wanted to get Becca, who has been very much at the forefront of this campaign on social media, um, to talk about it, which she so kindly did um, and kind of got pulled some time together at the last minute to jump onto the podcast. So Becca, you may know as Muddy Bootlaces on Instagram, is going to be on in just a moment to talk about the issue. Um, as listeners of the show, I have a request for you. I put out 29 episodes now on the show and I don't ask a lot. I really don't. I don't want the show to be all about asking and needing things from you and wanting you to click here and do this and that and the other what I am asking you to do in this particular case is to get involved in some capacity whether that's to sharing online whether that's just you know talking about and engaging in the conversation online or whether that's actually protesting um, in London on the 12th the details of that are obviously on the show as well so whatever your role in activism is in this Um, I just want to engage you as my listeners because I feel engaged by this. I feel that fundamentally these things threaten our leisure time. Um, And when many of us don't have vast acres of land to enjoy, then the next best thing is to enjoy the vast acres of land that are available to us within national parks. And they're precious, precious places. So anything that poses a threat to that is, is worth talking about, in my opinion. So... Becca is far better educated on this issue than I am and I really hope she brings well I really feel sorry that she brings it to life in a way that I couldn't do so without further ado this is Becca Muddy Bootlaces on the Distance Hike podcast talking and sharing her knowledge and wealth of information about Dartmoor and the current issue it's facing with you the Distance Hiker podcast listener enjoy the show. Becca, it's really nice to have you on the show, on the podcast. So first of all, I just want you to tell me and the audience just a little bit about yourself, uh, excluding the Dartmoor bit, um, and the <laughs> importance um, to you of being outside. 
so yeah hi everyone um my name is becca i'm also known as muddy boot laces over on instagram and on youtube and i'm pretty much a bit of a big outdoor nut to be honest i spend more time under canvas than i do in the house really um but i absolutely love it um for me i don't know there's just something about being outdoors that brings my soul to life whether it's raining or snowing or sunny it's just I love it I absolutely love it and yeah over the past few years I've got into my long distance hiking as well and cooking feasts outdoors is, is a big thing as yeah. well like you're always I have the lightweight kit and then 250,000 vegetables in, in the backpack <laughs> weighing me down yeah <laughs> you, you, you you obviously um you do value the I can tell from looking at your feed that you value a good meal while on the trade you're not like trail sorry you're not like a uh a, what's it called a ramen noodle kind of hiker you're like you know no. the full lot of vegetables decent food like that little pack of spices that I've seen you have before the lot oh yeah yeah <laughs> I mean don't get me wrong I do I do take some cheeky ramen with me but it's yeah. always the push stuff with yeah. a nice bit of dehydrated soy mints couple oh. dehydrated vegetables in there and uh yeah I gotta make it bougie mate <laughs> of course yeah I totally agree with that I think there's a time and a place for the dehydrated stuff but you know what when you're out on the weekend just trying to have a few uh you know a few nights just to yourself or with some friends then it's all about the cooking isn't it oh yeah 100 okay. percent yeah. fast, fast and lights for, for long for long weeks on the trail but uh it's not for everything so um thanks for introducing yourself um so this show is going to be a little bit different to usual Usually when I have guests on the show, we go into all sorts of things about the guest and this backstory and things like that. Becca, I will have you back on the show to do that at some point, but we're moving a little bit quickly with this one because I want to get it edited out and out quite quickly as well. Um, so you're on the show today to talk about Dartmoor in particular, and I should be publishing this tonight if all the editing goes well and nothing breaks. Um, so hopefully it's going to be fairly timely. Um, can you introduce... Um, First of all, Dartmoor is a national park. And just explain what makes it a bit different to other national parks in England. Yeah, sure. Um, so Dartmoor National Park is, um, I'm being very biased here, but I think it's one as of the most beautiful as you national. <laughs> um, yeah, I just think it's one of the most beautiful national parks um, in England. It's, um, it's the only place that we have left to quote unquote legally wild camp. Um, so what that means is although the Lake District, the Peak District and other areas in England are under this Crow Law, um, which is kind of like a civil issue. So you can sort of stealth and pitch a tent and it's kind of allowed as long as you pitch late, leave early. Um, Dartmoor allows you 100 percent freedom and right to roam um, in areas protected by this bylaw. And so that means you can literally turn up. And as long as you walk 100 metres away from your car into the areas protected by this bylaw, you can pitch that tent for up to two days. So it means that people with mobility difficulties can still access that outdoor any time of the year without having to pay for a campsite, without having to worry about being caught, having to stealth. They can literally experience the freedom that we feel 100 metres from the car. People can take their kids while camping for the first time and know that they are safe 100 meters from the car just in case those kids get worried they can jump back in the car mm. and drive off home it's it's all fine it's safe you don't need to stealth yeah 
And I mean, don't get me wrong, you Dartmoor is, is quite a large place. So I can walk for three, four hours without seeing someone and be completely alone and be completely isolated. There's loads of black spots across Dartmoor. Mm. So you have zero light pollution in certain areas and you can see those stars. Um, and it's just absolutely amazing. And you have that total freedom and right to roam to be there. Um, which is just amazing. I've I've pitched up at like five in the afternoon with a couple of friends, chilled, cooked dinner, had some tinnies, had a chat, gone to bed, woken up in the morning, watched the sunrise, stayed mm. to watch the sunrise, cooked everyone pancakes, mate, oh, left amazing. at 10 o'clock, leaving no trace yeah. and headed back out and not had to worry. That's yeah. the beauty of Dartmoor. It is something else, mate. So another thing that Dartmoor's sort of known for is its massive history. Um, so there, I think one of the largest stone rows in the whole of Europe is on Dartmoor. There's loads and loads of stone circles and cairns and ancient ruins um, throughout Dartmoor. It's absolutely amazing. And it's something that you often don't find in a lot of the other national parks because Dartmoor has been protected for so long. Um, these areas have been kept alive. Whereas, as we know, throughout England, there were a lot of stone circles and stone rows in the past. And a lot of these were used for buildings. And we've seen it happen in Cornwall. We've lost a lot of our stone rows throughout time because they were used in houses and farmhouses and walls and actually in Dartmoor every hour you're probably going to stumble across some stone circle or some khan and it's just riddled with history and um some of the woodland there as well is some of yeah just the ancient woodland is absolutely amazing and when you look across on a clear day you can see the outlines of old settlements in the hills there's such history through there and if you believe in ghosts there's a lot of ghosts and hauntings <laughs> as well i'm not gonna lie like i've walked some haunted trails and i've seen yeah. some weird stuff go Adds on to the fun. um yeah but it's it's just there's so much there to be seen yes okay it doesn't have the giant peaks that you might get mm. in the lake district or the peak district we have little tours about 600 meters still give good views though <laughs> but amazing. just the history that goes along with it and the energy you can feel there is it's something special mate i cannot put it into words unless you've been there it sounds it sounds precious it sounds really incredible um you know i live close to the peak district and sure you can wild you, you can't wild camp there but you um legally and you do have to be super careful when you do there's particular places like some of the big hotspots in the peak district where they're actually quite active in terms of patrolling it as well um, yeah. especially when it comes to things like wild camping but also swimming as well so to have a space where you can actually camp freely in England where you can't just anywhere else within the country that's super precious and worth saving so obviously from the uh the things you've been talking about over the last few days you've been super vocal on social media about this Dartmoor's access is currently under threat and also by yeah. Dartmoor's access being under threat it also puts the access of other land in terms of the look the, the bylaws around prosecution under threat too because currently at the moment um to my knowledge you cannot get arrested um if you're wild camping on land because it is a civil offense but i believe this may change that too so i'm a total layman when it comes to this stuff um so <laughs> i think you're going to be a lot better explaining it than me so do you mind going in and explaining what kind of what the issue is um as if I am a complete a five-year-old, which I behave like one most of the time. So uh, yeah, can you go and explain that to me, what the problem we're facing is? 
I mean, to be honest, it's taken me a while to get my head around it all. Um, yeah. yeah, it's it's quite. <laughs> there's a lot of laws going on and a lot of things being negotiated, but um, basically, the way Dartmoor works is there's this thing called the Commons Act, um, and that combined with the bylaws on Dartmoor gives us that right to roam. So hike, wild camp, cycle, horse ride, etc. Sure. Um, whereas a lot of the other places are, like I was saying earlier, are protected under a Crow Act. That makes it a civil issue if you're caught doing something wrong, but it's not. Um, a potential legal issue so it's not an illegal thing if you're caught it's a civil issue that has to go to court yeah what's happening on dartmoor is basically there is a couple that bought four thousand acres of land 10 years ago knowing it had this bylaw knowing it had the bylaw allowing people the right to roam and from the very start they blocked off car parks stopped access and were trying to limit people to get to their land hmm. um and what they're trying to do now and they well they've what they're doing is from monday the 12th they are going to court to try and fight for this bylaw to be removed hmm. what that's going to mean is that on their land if they are allowed to remove that bylaw it will therefore become illegal Okay. to camp on their land yeah. so we're not protected in that area by crow so it just the bylaws removed it's now become illegal so if they catch people on the land that becomes a lot more serious mm. the problem then arises is that dartmoor national park will have to write up the new areas that people cannot access mm. and if they're excluding one landowner they have to therefore talk to every landowner there are 12 landowners on Dartmoor that own 50 something percent okay if that 50 something percent is gone we're at risk of losing half of Dartmoor overnight if everyone decides actually hey we'd like to remove the bar bylaw as well if we want if every landowner says we want to get rid of that bylaw let's do it Dartmoor National Park not only suddenly loses that right to roam but stealthing even becomes an issue mm. because it's now illegal okay so it's going from like, <laughs> you have the right to roam to you could be fined and put in prison. Mm. <laughs> um, it's it's mm. just like the complete other end of the spectrum. Um, and it's yeah. quite scary yeah. because then if that succeeds, who knows what other landowners in other national parks might try to do then to yeah. also make it illegal. Um, so this court, court case, this court case is such a pivotal, pivotal court case. Mm. Um, it can have a drastic change to the rest of England's yeah. national parks. It's quite scary. It's quite scary, to be honest. I laugh, but I'm laughing because I'm petrified. Yeah, sure, of course. Um, and, and that's why I've got you on here, because I, I see the um, importance of this, of course. I, you know, have this podcast where people have the, you know, don't have the freedoms to go outside as you uh, walk in the countryside and camp, sorry, camp in the countryside, sorry, as you would in, say, the States. But we still yeah. have, by, um, we still have, laws in place that are not so strict that you can't get away with it without being you know with being prosecuted um yeah. and this the domino effect of this worries me the most um i've not been to dartmoor i'd just like to add that in i'm sure plenty of people listening to this have but it's the domino effect which is also equally as scary as as dartmoor losing the you know the the, the access and the right to camp there which sounds really bad. And actually, I think if this does go through and, as you say, all those landowners within Dartmoor are consulted, 
you'll see a lot mm -hmm. of space that's lost to campers and there'll be a select few landowners who probably will go yeah cool that's fine we don't mind people being on our land but I think a lot will go no actually we'd rather have our land closed and gated off and that does yeah. cause a problem um so this that's the, the gravity of the situation and I just want a little bit of background as well Becca if you don't mind sort of um, just so the audience knows, because I, I found it interesting before we kind of started recording. How did you get involved in this particular campaign? Um, so for me, the backstory, I guess, goes back kind of five, six years where I started working with young people, taking them up on Startmore. Um, so my background is in education as a teacher. And alongside that, I take students up doing DOV, so Duke of Edinburgh Award, um, and also recently with the scouts the 10 tours challenge so the 10 tours challenge is where uh teenagers walk either 35 45 or 55 miles over two days carrying all their own stuff hiking and wild camping um and they have to reach these 10 tours by certain times it's intense mate i'll tell you that now like they have the military hangar and we're all watching yeah. them on the big screen tracking them it gets insane nice. um and so for me i've seen these the, like these young people grow and develop and just see them change by having that access to the outdoors mm -hmm. um things that you wouldn't be able to teach them in the classroom and skills and knowledge about themselves they're not going to learn in in a lesson learning math or science for example yeah. um so I've kind of had that love of Dartmoor really from that route for the past five or six years um and so I'm part of quite a few groups on Facebook and on Instagram and I kind of heard a little bit about what was happening um but everything had been kept quite quiet mm. um and then i realized that on the 12th of december there is going to be the court case the pivotal court case that mm. we've kind of been chatting about and i started sticking my nose back into these groups really going what's happening is there a protest is there anything that we can do any petitions what's going on and other than a protest that's been arranged um by some people outside the courts of justice on Monday the 12th there was nothing mm. and me being me if anyone follows me on Instagram you know that I'm not exactly the quietest person when it comes <laughs> to people's rights and their freedoms and yeah. I'm extremely vocal yeah. and I just kind of so happened to put out there 10 days ago what was happening and if I was to arrange a, a protest would people come along Anyway, next thing I know, I'm getting tagged in posts saying, Muddy Bootlaces arranging a protest, go along. And I'm, I'm like, oh, well, I guess I'm... Here we go. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I, guess, I guess I'm arranging a yeah. protest now. Um, I'd like to add here, for legal reasons, it is a rally. It is not a protest. It okay. is a rally and a celebration for our love of Dartmoor. Um, but yeah, so the past 10 days have kind of gone quite insane um yeah. i've teamed up with mark million vagrant and tom from weekend hiker okay. um and right to Rome, and we've really been pushing it on social media there's two trending hashtags save dartmoor and the stars are for everyone um people all over are sharing it big names Raina win who wrote the salt path um alistair humphreys has yeah. got on there sharing stuff as well um it's been absolutely amazing the uptake on it and raising awareness mm. towards this issue really um and we just keep our fingers crossed that by raising that awareness it's going to encourage the dmpa so dartmoor national park um, authority who are basically defending the bylaw in court against the darwells yeah. um okay. hopefully to encourage them to do their best to 
keep defending those yeah. bylaws really for for the people and especially the young people man that's what it's all about because at the totally. end of the day yeah you can technically possibly stealth but we saw in lockdown with the thermal imaging drones was it in the brecon beacons i might yeah, have the wrong few, area uh, peak district brecon because a few areas yeah. they use them yeah yeah if now you can be using thermal imaging drones mm. to catch people in 15 yeah. years time, the way technology is improving, our young people aren't going to have that chance. No, They're they not going to have that chance. And I never thought in my lifetime I'd be arranging a rally because I was scared that hiking and wild camping mm. would become an activity for the privilege. 100%. Like, 100%. I think scary. It, it's shocking. It's shocking that we're even having this conversation when it feels like access is 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 getting better it feels like we're making so much progress in terms of opening up footpaths getting people outside yeah. and yes. you know getting and getting people loving the outdoors and we have the you know the ramblers association and other organizations who are really pushing the envelope on this yet here we are in court with with somebody trying to remove that it's it's scary and that that's the importance of this and this is why i'm really glad you came on today to talk about it who is it who is representing um on i guess our side of this court case so the dmpa dartmoor national park um yeah. authority are the ones or is it association i'll say both and then you can edit in mm. so the dmpa which is the dartmoor national park association so the dmpa which is the dartmoor national park authority yeah. are representing our side on this okay. um to try and protect the bylaws um, unfortunately, they have just been hit with a £5.8 million cut. Um, so it is, yeah, how yeah. Dartmoor kind of responds yeah. to this as well in combination with that is going to be interesting. But sure. they are the ones fighting our corner. They are okay. the ones who are supposed to uphold the bylaws. And fingers crossed, we have all faith in them. They're going to do it. And, yeah, fingers yeah. crossed that the Darwals don't okay. win yeah fingers crossed it's a shame because actually that's um also the government and council money that's going to be poured into the legal fees behind the case i'm assuming so yeah, not I only uh, yeah I, I don't know if this is correct so i apologize if my assumption here is totally wrong but yeah if they're representing what is you know a national park then that's going to be government money which is essentially going into the um you know used to try and win this case against privately owned cash which sucks so what happens next then what's what's the timeline so the 12th is the uh the court <laughs> hearing um is it just unknown after that or, or are there any other dates that people should know about um so everything's been kept quite quiet we don't even really know um okay how long this court case is going to go on for. We're predicting the papers will be read on the 12th. And then yeah. I guess Tuesday, Wednesday-ish, it will continue. And then we hear the news. I can't imagine people are going to be very happy about the decision if it goes in favour of the Darwells. Yeah. Um, especially if a lot of other people also decide to follow I mean, when it when it gets to things like this, you look at the mass trespass that happened. Well, yeah. that's happened a few times previously. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I'm not I'm not going to say I encourage trespassing or anything along those lines. However, I do think that when peaceful rallies and mm -hmm. raising awareness isn't enough, people do 
tend to shout louder to be heard. And I can't imagine people from the hiking, the world camping community staying quiet about this. I can only imagine it snowballing um, and getting larger. And uh, especially like there's so much research now about the benefit of the outdoors, how important it is for people's mental health, Mm -hmm. how important physical activity is for the younger generation. That's and, an important message. It's, it's beyond, it's not just the hiking uh, community and camping community. Yeah. This, this, this reaches any outdoor user. Yeah, 100%. And the problem is, and I really hope you don't have listeners who think this, but there's this massive stereotype going around at the moment that it's the hikers and wild campers who are leaving a mess behind. And, you know, it's it's just too difficult to look after Dartmoor now. The ranges are overwhelmed. Um, you know, national parks are getting destroyed by these people. Therefore, we just should close these national parks off. We should privatise the land once more. And yes, OK, during lockdown, Dartmoor National Park did see a significant increase in fire pits and in people being irresponsible but to put some like statistics out there Dartmoor last year saw 3.1 million visitors 3.1 million visitors lots of visitors and there were less than 200 prosecutions for people misbehaving against those bylaws yeah and that includes people who were caught camping in their camper vans so sleeping in their camper vans and car parks I'm guessing that so, probably makes up the majority of those as well. I'm, I'm hazarding a guess to those statistics. Yeah, I they're think easier it, yeah. to catch than somebody who's you know lighting the fire somewhere. Yeah. yeah, but that being said, where the fires were being lit were mm. in a few key areas, yeah. um, and so they were able to to catch the people doing it. Okay. The problem here, and I really want to stress this, is that when you look at the UK. Dartmoor makes up 0.2%. So if out of the whole, sorry, England, when you look at England, Dartmoor makes up 0.2%. If that's the only area in the whole of England people have with the true right to roam, and you're not taught how to behave in nature in schools, a lot of these people probably aren't going to know. I mean, Mm. don't get me wrong. There are going to be some people who thought, oh, well, I'll have a fire pit, push my luck. A lot of people, and I've been there. When I was a 14-year-old kid, we'd go into the woods, we'd make a fire. We'd take two bags, one for recycling, one for rubbish, but we'd leave that fire pit behind. I wasn't taught and I didn't know what to do. Now, of course, we put Mm. that fire out and everything, but there would still be that scorch mark on the ground. ground. I Mm. wouldn't do that now because I now know how to leave no trace. Yeah, you're right. But I wasn't taught that stuff. When I was younger, girls couldn't be part of the scouts. I had to be part of the brownies because I was a chick. So I didn't know that stuff. Mm. And there's a lot less of those outdoor things now because for a lot of places, it's expensive to take part in that stuff. And I think if we're trying to ban people from hiking and wild camping because of a lack of education, why aren't we just educating people? rather than punishing them it's Mm. kind of like saying oh there are some people who are reckless drivers so let's stop everyone from driving sure it just doesn't make sense there's some people who are you know irresponsible with their wild camping Mm. well don't ban it from everyone how about you you know we teach people we work together we explain these things and there's a massive movement on social media you know talking about leave no trace which is absolutely brilliant Mm. um but yeah, I don't know. I think it's just where sometimes when people can find a reason to blame, they find a reason yeah. to blame. 
I, I tend to agree. I think what doesn't help is that there are there are a lot of hiking Facebook groups as well. I own one of them, um, and um, it, it 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 doesn't take much for a photo of um, you know a fire pit to be put on there for the assumptions to roll in. Um, and people to get very angry because as human beings, we like getting cross about things. We like having a win. We like a bit of gossip. But yeah. you are quite right. Education is the way to do it. Um, you know, yeah. I've lit fires before, um, not in a national park, but in, in nature. And you know what? That was when I was younger, like you. You do it because that's what you see in film and TV. You think that's a normal part yeah. of being outside that you can do that. You don't understand the danger and implications of it. And it really comes down to that. You educate people and they won't do it. So. Yeah. I think that's a really important point to make. So um, I found that really interesting and I'm glad you went on that tangent as well. So I'm just going to bring it back to the Save Dartmoor campaign. <laughs> Sorry, all the tangents. So okay. Sorry. Don't worry, it's fine. I like a, I like a tangent. Um, it always makes me <laughs> podcast. Um, so back to Save Dartmoor briefly. Um, if people do want to get involved and they do want to go on social media, they do want to have a whinge about it and, you know, um, and, and voice their opinion and try to fight for the National Park, what is the best way to do that? Um, even if it's not social, even, even if they want to get involved physically, what can people do to kind of help out with this? Um, so the two main things that people can do is attend. Um, so there is a rally in Princetown in Dartmoor on Sunday the 11th. Um, this will be 11 a.m. to 12 noon. We've got some speakers come in to give some talks about it and then just your general rally stuff just for an hour and then after that we're going to do a massive group hike for about three hours um we've got someone from trash free we've got someone coming from trash free trails who's going to talk about the ways of leaving no trace as we're hiking um and hopefully different people to chat about the land there as well and then on monday the 12th right to rome and some other individuals are holding a rally outside the royal courts of justice london at 12 o'clock um which is where the court case is being heard so that's something people can do they can attend if they're not able to attend um please just raise awareness um so the hashtag save dartmoor put a post up hashtag save Dartmoor these are being shared on various social media accounts or pop on to um right to Rome the stars are ours.uk my account muddy bootlaces marks million vagrant Tom's weekend hiker there's loads of posts there that you yeah. can reshare to yeah. raise that awareness um yeah sharing really is is so important and then once it goes God, once. See, I'm already thinking, oh, I'm just thinking the worst, honestly. Okay. If it goes through. Yeah. I'm so scared about it, honestly. Of if it goes are. through, then there will obviously, it, you know, it escalates then. Mm-hmm. So then it would be petitions, yeah. writing to local MPs, um, probably more rallies verging on protests. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, kind of just getting involved in any way you can really would be absolutely amazing brilliant well let's hope that our justice system works in the favor of um those of us who want to enjoy the countryside um rather than those of uh, us who want to close it off um on the 12th so this podcast will as i say be going live tonight and to top it off, um, Becca, I'm just going to say on a personal note that um, I'd love to have you on the show to talk about something positive soon. 
and be lovely to, <laughs> yeah. to, to get you on. I'm here. not uh, normally this negative, uh, guys. No, I no, promise. it's good. Don't worry. It's, it's, uh, <laughs> me, I instigated this as much as you. Um, it's as important as you. I really wanted to uh, give a voice to this in, in another way, in the way that I can. So it's my pleasure to have you on the, the show tonight. But you've got to come on at some point. We'll, we'll talk about things um, unrelated to access about yourself and cooking while camping and sleeping in hammocks and all of that good stuff. <laughs> but it's been fantastic to have you on. Um, so yeah, I think I think we're done. So I'm going to go and shoot away now and get this edited and get this out as quickly as I can, and we can hopefully get some more, um, you know, some more people to um, move, get behind this campaign, and hopefully on the 12th it's good news. Thank you so much. A I really pleasure. appreciate taking yeah. the time. Please. No problem at all. Lovely to speak to you, Becca. You too, my darling. All right. Cheers. Bye. Bye.